Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. This is the day before the official event of the presidential race, the general elections here in 2020 in the United States of America. It has, of course, import ramifications not only in the United States of America, but around the world. In Israel, on the continent, in Putin's Russia, in communist China, throughout Mexico, Central America, Latin America, South America, the Caribbean, the Far East, formerly known, Asia, but around the globe. But, of course, the experts, they all have uh, given their opinions concerning what the outcome will be. But, of course, there are multiple outcomes. Again, there is the presidential race. Will the incumbent president be reelected? Or will the Democrat challenger be elected on his third attempt? And if he should be elected, how long will he be in office if he makes it to being sworn in will he last long enough in office to enjoy the position or will he perhaps be supplanted by his vice presidential nominee For this reason or that. I mean, different things can cause such a change, of course. Such a succession. Death is one. Disability is another. And purported disability is another. But in any case, there is the presidential race. And then there are the U.S. Senate races. And the U.S. House of Representatives races, and the gubernatorial races, and the mayoral ones, and the state legislatures, and what have you, not to mention a slew of judgeships, and so forth, all manner of contests up for grabs. All of the members of the House of Representatives and one-third of the U.S. Senators. But what is the import of this, really? Is it just changing 
personalities changing from one politician to another. All who want the very best for this nation and the people of this nation. Of course, I mean, they all are well-intended. They all only want the best. Of course. However, the history of the United States of America tells a very, very different story. Right up to this date. Now, some have suggested that if President Trump is reelected, there will be angry, violent protests by the left. But that if Joe Biden is elected, there will be peace, calm, and so forth. I actually don't see it going that way. (laughs) I don't fully agree with that. I don't agree with that, period. Instead, I see it going more like this. That if President Trump is reelected, yes, there will be angry, hateful, violent, fiery, You can call them demonstrations, protests, but really anarchistic riots. (laughs) But I think you will also see very similar activities if Joe Biden is elected. But why? And I mean by the same individuals, by the left, celebrating. I happen to think that if Joe Biden and Kamala or Kamala Harris are elected, that the celebratory goings-ons will be almost indistinguishable from the hate-filled anarchistic riots if the president is reelected. And again, all of this coming from the left. But that's just my limited view of it. But there are many who, of course, view this election as being about, oh, having to do with the pandemic, with COVID-19 with handling or mishandling of that, and so forth. Because, of course, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and so forth, they would have just, you know, done so much better with it. But, and then there's the matter of, of course, the economy that has been savaged. (laughs) Savaged by what? By COVID-19, by the pandemic, or instead by the lockdowns that have been instituted by Democrat governors and mayors across the fruited plain of the United States of America. The petty tyrants who purportedly are champions of freedom. And I do mean purportedly because in point of fact, The Democrat Party does not champion freedom. 
It champions license to commit wickedness. It champions license to do evil. That is its history. But what are the stakes pertaining to this election? What are the real stakes? Is it just about Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid? Is that really what it's about? Or instead, is it about whether this nation survives X number of years longer? When the parties such as the Republican Party in the United States of America, when parties similar to that are elected, are in power, not just in the United States of America, but in the free world, so-called, what has transpired? Well, what you find is a weak form of government. But weak because of restraint on the part of the politicians, on the part of the party. Restraint. Unwillingness to aggressively use the powers of government to achieve their desired end. You can look back at Germany back in the 1920s and right up to the very earliest smidgen of the 1930s. And Hindenburg, Chancellor, and his weak government in which he permitted Adolf Hitler to come in and to be a heartbeat away from rulership and to simply bide his time extremely briefly before taking over, seizing power, turning the tables, overturning the nation. You find the same thing with the presidency in Russia of Boris Yeltsin. And bringing in Vladimir Putin, a heartbeat away from the presidency, who bided his time for an extremely brief period of time, a New York minute, And as soon as Yeltsin was out the door, Putin seized power, total power. And despite some window dressing change there with Medvedev 
for a little bitty bit, which was uh, out of necessity, political necessity. Putin has been in control the entire time and is the de facto president for life, the authoritarian, totalitarian dictator. Whenever the left is in power, that's what you get. No restraint. Unless they feel the need for a limited period of time to make a show of restraint in order to solidify and consolidate their power. Now, when I say the left, I'm referring to socialism. Whether it is socialism of communism or socialism of fascism, they are both branches of socialism. The root is the same, socialism. And when they seize power, they do not do si about it. When they do not enjoy total power, as they have not in the United States of America as they have not in Britain, as they have not on the continent, as they have not in Israel, then you see a great deal of subtlety employed in order to accomplish their ends, strengthen their hands, increase their power until they are able to do exactly, flagrantly, brazenly as they design to do. Currently, Vladimir Putin's Russian Federation regime has, of course, been flexing its muscles. Now, you could say it's just saber-rattling. You know? It's just a show. It's just, you know, the kind of thing that Kim Jong-un, Kim Jong-un, Kim Jong-un of North Korea does. But, in point of fact, it is qualitatively different. Meanwhile, adjacent to both Vladimir Putin's Russian regime and Kim Jong-un's North Korean communist regime is, of course, the Chinese communist regime. And it is, you could say, in holding pattern. It's not in limbo, but (laughs) in Asia, in the Far East, 
there is historically great regard for subtlety and for a show of diplomacy. Not substantive, but a show. Superficial. Those in Eastern Europe are extremely concerned about Vladimir Putin's Russian bear. Those in the Far East, however, who are adjacent to communist China, most of them seem to be still in a bit of a, a daze, still uh, happen to be schmoozed and charmed or whatever by communist China, amazingly enough. But those like South Korea, Japan, Philippines, Australia, New Zealand, and what have you. But even the United States of America. You know, we do not consider that China has objectives, ambitions beyond trying to profit dishonorably from the United States of America. Stealing technology, stealing all manner of things, and trading unfairly, and what have you. But we know that, of course, what they want is peace and prosperity. Yes, they will use hook and crook, but they want peace and prosperity. Surely that's what they want. Surely that's what Vladimir Putin wants. It's just peace and prosperity, uh, but, but gained, obtained less than honorably. You know, like the prosperity of United States inner city black gangs, typically black gangs, that choose to prosper by shaking down, by mugging, by attacking people who work for a living. (laughs) It's just, again, they want prosperity, and some could say peace, but peace from the police, you know, peace from being prevented from their pursuit of happiness, of stealing from those whom they prey upon, but and prey upon all manner of ways. But no, the objectives of the Russian regime and the communist Chinese regime are not limited to peace and prosperity. Instead, there's long-standing animosity, hatred, not just pride, but seething hatred of the West. Here, not that long ago, 
It's been a couple months now since this took place, but the Russian regime of Vladimir Putin, it released previously classified footage of the largest nuclear detonation that the world has ever seen. But, of course, it was unseen until this. This was the Tsar Bomba, it was called. Massive hydrogen bomb, which was exploded over a very remote area above the Arctic Circle. The Novaya Zemaya Archipelago. And just massive, unimaginably great force. 50 million tons of conventional explosives it was approximated would have been required to obtain the same force. But why was this shown? Why was this declassified? Why was this revealed to the world, rolled out? Was it just saber-rattling? Well, perhaps. (laughs) But it was one of the events marking the 75th anniversary of Russia's atomic industry, which means when we speak of Russia's atomic industry, that is of the former Soviet Union and, of course, the succeeding totalitarian regime. Just harmless stuff, no doubt. Meanwhile, China, communist China, saw fit to hold joint military drills. Now, this was just more than a month ago. And these were held in the South China Sea, East China Sea, Bohai Sea, and Yellow Sea. Again, so what? You know, I mean, this is just, this is just saber-rattling. Surely, this is just, you know, just supposed to, I don't know, perhaps persuade the United States of America not to get on the wrong side of the communist Chinese regime, not to upset them, lest they should, you know, lest they should refuse to trade with us or, you know, some really terrible thing like that. What these had in common, though, these, again, these took place one month apart from each other. Seemingly completely unrelated, even though communist China and the former Soviet Union and the current Russian totalitarian regime are linked at the hip. These were not unrelated events. These were not just symbolic 
imagery. These two regimes combined are more powerful than the sole world superpower United States of America. But you could, of course, say, well, what about NATO? And, of course, the United States of America is the 800-pound gorilla in NATO. But what about, you know, of course, there are these other nations and so forth. Yes, certainly there are. But absent the United States of America, they fall. The reason that the so-called free nations in Europe and Britain stand is the United States of America. So you could say that as the USA goes, so goes the free world. Now that, of course, (laughs) that would not go over well. Those would be fighting words in Europe, the continent, and in Britain. But nonetheless, that is the truth. There is a curious anomaly to that, and that is, you would think, surely that is true with Israel. And historically, (laughs) that would be borne out, such as 1973. But There is a source of information which is not the result of brain trusts and experts here and there and what have you, but instead is from the Bible, which makes it unmistakably clear that Israel shall be the last vestige of a free nation standing on this earth. It shall not stand by itself for long, but it shall be the last, not the United States of America, which should give us pause in the United States of America, but of course does not. (laughs) Before I continue... Let me say, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is after all is said and done, and whatever is right and true and good in these programs is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. Whatever is lacking is erring, deficient, unworthy. That is due to me. That is on me. That is my fault. In the previous program, I happened to make mention of a monster from yesteryear, a blast from the past, Josef Mengele, Nazi SS captain, medical doctor, doctor at Auschwitz, concentration camp. 
who was a sadist, Satanist, monstrous destroyer who got the moniker the Angel of Death. Certainly that could be viewed as as a fallen angel, like the one-third of the angels that Satan seduced into going to war or rebelling against God. So an evil angel, angel of death. But he was more than involved with death. He was involved with torturous destruction of adults, of children. He had a particular fascination for twins, especially identical twins. And he would hold them out from being summarily gassed so that he could, you might say, fatten them up for the kill. Not that, not that they grew fat under his watchful eye, but he monstrously, torturously destroyed these children. He didn't limit his operations to children. No, he performed his evils on pregnant women and others. But an absolute fiend. Oh, those times will never come again. You know, those crimes against humanity, those will never come again. Except, of course, the unspeakable, monstrous, fiendish, satanic destruction following this forerunner takes place in the United States of America has been particularly taking place since the Barack Hussein Obama Joe Biden administration. Dr. Frankenstein's, male and female Dr. Frankenstein's, trying to turn little boys into little girls and little girls into little boys. Unspeakable evils that are government-sponsored, government-funded, funded using taxpayer dollars. Unfortunately, when the stupid party, the Republican Party, a.k.a. the stupid party, and or you could say weakling party, gets into power, they insist on restraint, restraining themselves from trying to undo the evils that have been accomplished 
by the evil party, the Democrat Party. And instead of managing to overturn the evils, they rarely even slow the pace of the momentum. When the Democrats have power, sole power, near sole power, the presidency, the House of Representatives, U.S. Senate, the Supreme Court, the federal courts, when they have a majority of that, they just rush ahead with breakneck speed. When they only have a minority position, they still push ahead. The evil party is not only evil, but is actually the stronger party. It is the utterly, totally dishonest, immoral, anti-moral, anti-Christian party, regardless what you hear. Oh, they are champions of children. Oh, it's for the children. And it's for the women. And it's for this minority group and that minority group. When their objectives are to overthrow every semblance of godliness, of righteousness, of decency, and of peace. Oh, but they are the party of peace. No. (laughs) You can have a superficial appearance of peace while monstrous violence is taking place. Back in 1973, with the passage, the notorious, abominable passage of Roe v. Wade, Doe v. Bolton, the United States Supreme Court brought the United States of America to the forefront of induced abortion. And now, lo, these many years later, 47 years, 73 to 83 to 93, 2003, 2013, how many babies have been premeditatedly, deliberately, monstrously murdered in the sanctity of their mother's wombs. How many? 75 million plus. Or thereabouts. Imagine if they had been born. Imagine how many more people would be alive in this nation. Imagine 
how much greater economic base there would be. Imagine how many more taxpayers there would be. Imagine how much healthier the Social Security system would be. And Medicare and Medicaid. Imagine. (laughs) And yet, the blind, ignorant, self-serving, materialistic people of this nation have gone along with this and even demanded it out of their wickedness, their depravity, their blindness, their ignorance, their self-serving motivations. And now years later, oh, oh, Social Security... Oh, but it was all about the economy, stupid. But the Democrat Party has consistently pursued its evil agendas. Always using propaganda. Always using indoctrination. Without propaganda, without the lies of propaganda and indoctrination, there would have been no Roe v. Wade, Doe v. Bolton. It was founded on lies. The entire decisions of these two cases were lies. Crafted fictions. Not law, but lies. So to the lies about championing children and women. The abortion industry has preyed upon women and young women and girls. And the left is, oh, so clever about (laughs) their definitions. When it serves their purposes... A 13, 14, even 12-year-old girl is a woman. When it doesn't, oh, then then it's 18 or 21 or what have you. Honesty is completely divorced from the Democrat Party agenda. Is the Democrat Party the only evil party here in the United States of America? No, there are others that just are not as powerful. (laughs) But the sodomite agenda, the depraved, degenerate sodomite agenda, that has resulted in the championing of it, has resulted in handing over children, babies and children, to sodomites. And creation of legal decisions based on lies about gender identity, not gender, but gender identity 
and indoctrinating little children, seven years of age, eight years of age, from the time they were much younger than that, but then beginning when they are seven or eight, to transition their gender to the gender that the adults want them to be. Playing Dr. Frankenstein. Perverting everything in their path, including perverting not only the sexual activity of people, but the sexual mechanics and plumbing, the growth and development. It is fiendish and heinous beyond anything in history. You have to go back to Nero Caesar to find anything as evil as this. Not even Joseph Mengele engaged in this. Nero Caesar did. He didn't have the advantage of modern science and hormones. But he had surgeons, and they did the same evils then that now wonderful, kindly... Surgeons at children's hospitals do now. Again, this wildfire got going full flame throughout the Barack Hussein Obama Joe Biden years. It has not been turned back during the Trump-Pence years. But it will reach an even more horrendous fever pitch with Joe Biden-Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris, take your pick. Of course, she conducted a sodomite marriage ceremony following the abomination that came forth from the Supreme Court, as did, of course, the sainted Associate Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but as did Hillary Rodham Clinton. It's at the core of the Democrat DNA. Corrupting and perverting. And it's not about tolerating deviations. It's never enough. Oh, they insist it's just, we need to be tolerant. Tolerant and understanding and loving and so forth. No. That's just... You know, the proverbial getting the nose of the camel under the tent. They just push and push and push as Hitler did. 
with his projection, his military advance into Rhineland, which was illegal per the Versailles Treaty. And then into Sudetenland of Czechoslovakia. Then all of Czechoslovakia, along with Austria, Österreich, before, of course, the Blitzkriegs into Poland and beyond. When the Democrat Party, the leftists, the socialists, and they really are all one and the same, when they meet failure in the court system, they decry it, they condemn it, and they come back again. Harder the next time. And they never, ever, ever stop until they succeed. And once they get a decision that goes their way, they declare that this is inviolate. This is decided once and for all. It can never be challenged. That's what they did with induced abortion. That's what they've done with every aspect of the sodomite agenda. This whole thing is about lies and indoctrination with them. With the use of propaganda, which communism and fascism are notorious for, as is Islam. But. I mentioned before about the hypocritical. Would institution of the Hippocratic Oath requirement for all medical school students, graduating students, to take an oath to this, would that change things? I rather doubt that. However, the absence of that has certainly facilitated all manner of evils to be done. Where there is not even lip service to the Hippocratic Oath, including, quote, I will abstain from all intentional wrongdoing and harm. Above all, I must not Play at God. End quote. I mentioned, I have mentioned time and again, and so I shall again, with what little time remains, about something going back some years now. Back to 1773. Meyer Amschel Bauer, who took the name Rothschild, his 14-point plan for world domination, just to touch on several of them. Paid propagandists will arouse feelings of hatred and revenge against the ruling classes. They will also discredit anyone who might 
discover and subsequently interfere with their goals. The purpose was to supplant those ruling classes with evil rulers, with an evil ruling class. So that's number one. Number two, the first principle to remember is that law is force in disguise. That's all it is. Law is force, not righteousness, not godliness. It has nothing to do with honesty and honor. It is force in disguise. Number four, success of our plan, whether the established governments are destroyed by external or internal foes, whether those who destroy it are from the outside or the inside, that's immaterial. The destruction of the established order of the established governments is preeminent. Of course, they have used war from without and within. Number five, the use of any and all means to reach our final goal is justified. Morality demonstrates weakness. Godliness demonstrates weakness. And weakness is despised. The Romans had a creed that mercy was weakness. You know, going back to Nero. Number six, our right lies in force. Again, just like number two, the law is force. Our right lies in force. Might makes right. Right means to attack by the right of the strong. They call it to reconstruct. What they meant was deconstruct. And overturn and overthrow, supplant, destroy. To reconstruct all existing institutions. The church. Marriage. Parental care, nurture, and protection of the babies and the children. From evil. From evil. From destruction. And then number 14, contrived and controlled panics and financial depressions will ultimately result in world government. In a one world regime. Or, as director of World Health Organization calls it, national unity and global solidarity. 
we are ever so near to the accomplishment of these evil ends. This nation has made itself abominable in God's sight. These evils committed against children, little children, and against babies, and within their mother's wombs, brings the rage and the wrath of God against this nation. Oh, we're the apple of God's eye. Yes, so were the Hebrews. In Israel, and then the twin kingdoms of Judah and Israel before God overthrew them and destroyed them. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But... Perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you.